chance to say something about this child. And he, he doesn't blow it. He presents wonderful words of praise. Psalm 20, verses 29 to 32. Beautiful Christmas themes. He has all of the great things there. God's promises kept. God sending the Savior. God fulfilling his promises to David. He even mentions Jacob. It says there specifically, verse 33, the house of Jacob. Jacob whose life was so difficult. But then he goes on. He should have stopped. It doesn't fit Christmas very well. He should have just ended right there, but he doesn't. He offers a further blessing. We think, wait a minute, that's not a blessing. He speaks in a completely different tone. He's talking about a blue Christmas. He's recognizing the struggles. And so he says in verse 34, the child will cause the falling and rising of many. And when he says that, he says it very deliberately that it will be the falling. The falling that, that is central, most central. When the, the order of things that, that are, are said in the Bible are very deliberate. The child is destined to cause the falling the struggling. There will be difficulties in his life and in those who seek to follow him. It's not going to be good news for many people. Within, seeking to live out faith, seeking to, to take hold of all that he has come to be, it's not all happy, fun, joyful, great, all the time. In fact, not at all. It's a stumbling along stumbling slowly heavenward. It's not an easy road. It's not a simple, simple thing. And so the reality is highlighted first. Yes, there is a rising, but the falling is there too. And so he states that very clearly. He adds that it will be a sign that will be spoken against that there will be significant opposition to Christ. There will be opposition to the message of Christ in the world. And even in us, as we try to follow Christ, we will experience opposition in our own hearts and minds that, that we even will speak against in the struggles we face. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if God is there. I'm not sure if Jesus is the Savior. I'm not sure what all this faith stuff is about because the struggles are so hard. It says, as well, the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, verse 35. And here it's, it's coming into the, the, what we really struggle with at night. Like Psalm 13 says, when I can't sleep in the night and, and I'm wondering and I'm worrying and I'm not sure. 
even that reality of the struggles we face, the difficulties, the demons lurking in the darkness. And then, worst of all, for Mary herself, coming here with his beautiful child, presenting him to God, and being told that a sword will pierce your soul. That's, what is that? That's not Christmas. That's, that's not what we think of or expect. Simeon speaking to Mary, recognizing that she will suffer as a mother as she sees her son arrested and beaten and dying on a cross. Definitely. A sword will pierce her soul. But more so that, that she will be confronted with the question in her own soul, was he really the Christ? Was he really who he said he would be? And all of the spiritual struggles. Who is God? Can he save? Was Jesus the Messiah, the Savior of my soul? The real soul-piercing struggles that go deeper than any circumstances. So I ask you, what kind of blessing is this? This is not what we think about at Christmas. But it is the reality of many of our lives. The struggles are there right from the beginning. And what, what is the reality that is being expressed? Is the reality of sin and the reason the Savior came and the reality that this is not a perfect world? This is not even a good world. It's a broken and hurting world. And so these words need to be part of Christmas because Jesus came to put an end to that reality. And just to deny it is no end. To express it, to lay it before him, the reality of sin, the reality of the struggles that are there. And to see Jesus who enters right in. And so along with, along with this aspect of the Christian Christmas story, it often gets sanitized, gets left out. Other aspects of that reality of the struggle get left out. The reality of, of Mary as a teenage girl getting pregnant was very difficult. All that circumstance of, of her being found pregnant and going to Elizabeth and coming back, not easy. Not easy at all. Very difficult. And to have the child born in the stable in that dark and, and forsaken place all alone is very hard. Children are supposed to be born in the home with the mother there, with the family there. There's none of that. We just, we just add and, and make a nice, a nice scene but, but it was, that's not the way it's supposed to be. There was no family, no support, no encouragement. It was terribly difficult. And then soon after, the story of Herod, who is uh, angry that the Magi haven't come back. Herod, who's out to kill the Christ child and who kills the male children in Bethlehem. And that story, too, is often, is often kind of sanitized. It says, well, how many children might there have been in Bethlehem? Well, not many, really. 
And so sure, Herod did that, but maybe two or three children died. Well, no. No. He killed all the baby boys in Bethlehem. And the cry went out. And the mothers couldn't be comforted. And it was dozens and dozens. A hundred. It was not nice. It was not good. It was evil. It was sinful. It was a broken world. And even the reality that Jesus and his family are refugees. We see the refugees fleeing Syria. We need to recognize Jesus was a refugee. He and his his parents fled to Egypt, risking their lives, losing everything, all the family contacts. You think, oh, that was just kind of fine. It was just kind of normal. And by God's grace, they were cared for, but it wasn't easy. Jacob said, my life was difficult. It was difficult, the whole thing. And in Jesus' birth, too, everything was wrong. It wasn't nice. And Simeon's words highlight that aspect regarding life in general and Jesus' life as it would be lived out. The truth of the suffering that is the greatest reality even in our day. Around Christmas, people die. I've done funerals Christmas. Around Christmas, divorce papers get signed. Around Christmas, people get the news that it's cancer and they can't do anything about it. These things happen at Christmas too. They happen all the time. Around Christmas, people find out they will lose their job January 1st. That's happening quite a bit right now. It's not nice. It's not fun. It's not joyful. We recognize the tragedies that are there and we ask the spiritual question, where is God? When that sword pierces our own soul and when it's affecting our faith and when we're wondering and then to see the Christ child born right there There's where our hope lies. There, in that very small and insignificant first step, is a similar first step we need to take, too. To step, step in a small way again, perhaps tonight. A little closer, a little more clearly, that our God is there. And that we need not be afraid. One of the refrains that comes through the Christmas story is uh, an over, and you wonder why, but, but it's because of this reality that the angel tells Zechariah, do not be afraid. The angel tells Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. The angel tells Mary, do not be afraid. You found favor with God. Fearful things are happening. Difficult struggles will be coming, but do not be afraid. Also, we are afraid of the dark, and the world is filled with darkness. And the circumstances of our lives can be dark and depressing. We are also afraid to be alone. There are no simple solutions 
But the centrality of our faith recognizes the circumstances that we experience and direct us to bring our struggles to God, to lament, to lay them before him. God even knows the hidden secrets of our hearts, the very scars on our souls. And we do not need to pretend to be happy all the time. God knows our troubles and our sorrows. And when we ask him how long, he hears, he responds in Jesus, who is the light who comes into darkness, who is Emmanuel, God with us. Let's pray together.